Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Hope. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors. Today, I have my friend Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm super excited. Jeff's going to share his story of hope with us. So I just want to explain a little bit about what hope is, helping other people evolve. This is my YouTube channel and podcast. All I'm trying to do out here is help people to know that they don't struggle alone in life. You know, on a daily basis, there's so many people out here in this world, especially nowadays, that feel like they're at home struggling by themselves, no matter if it's grief, addiction, depression, the loss of their selves. You know, they feel like they're all alone and our stories are struggles, but we've gotten to a strength through our struggles. So we're always a work in progress, I say, but maybe you would hear this story today and you'll get out of bed and know that you will be fine. So let me try my watch. So, oh. so, you know, I'm super excited. So Jeff and I work at the casino together. Yep. And um, it was funny because one day he came up to me and he said, um, hey, on your podcast, do you interview people that, you know, were doing good in life, basically, right? And right. lost things to addiction and then, you know, are coming back through the through a strength. And I'm like, that's exactly who I interview. Do you know somebody like that? And he says, yeah, me. I said, perfect, let's set it up. And that was probably about six or seven weeks ago. So I'm, yep. set, I'm happy that we finally got to get together here. And I'm super excited to hear your okay. story. You know, I always tell people, you know, just kind of start, I guess, where, wherever you want to begin with it. You okay. Know, the struggles, but the, the solutions and the strength we get to. Well, you know, I, it's something I've always fought with. You know, um, I never thought I was good enough. Uh, so, you know, I turned to... Uh, drugs and alcohol it basically alcohol first and then it evolved into drugs like everything else but um you know the alcohol made me smarter better looking i could dance better and all that kind of stuff you know when i was in a fraternity in college that didn't help at all <laughs> and um so uh yeah it's just uh it's a lifelong thing so did you start, when did you start like drinking? Oh, I have no idea. No. Young, 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 before I was 18. Yeah. 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 So, cause I, I know I started my drinking. I mean, I wasn't like full fledged alcoholic at that point, of course, but at 12 is when I had oh. my first drink. So very young too. So yeah. we, um, my parents had a, had, had a cottage, mm. right. And, um, when we were teenagers, we used to go out on the, on the pontoon boat mm. at midnight. Right. Okay. And we would drink all night long. And luckily, one of the girls that was drinking with us, her dad owned the carry out on the lake. Oh, nice. So we would pull up to the dock and go in the carry out, you know, at two in the morning when nobody's around. Right. So, yeah. 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 Alcohol was not hard to come by. Plus, in, you know, those were the days where in Michigan, if you were 18, you could drink anything mm -hmm. you wanted. So, and that's where the cottage was. And it's like, I, I yeah. could buy whatever I wanted. Yeah. Who cares? There you go telling our age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm old. <laughs> I was at that age too. Trust me. I know. Okay. So, um, so then, so you just progressively right. and then get into college, you're in the fraternity. I'm right. sure that was. Right. Well, yeah. And, and that was just, uh, you know, we drank because, you know, it was a day. Right. <laughs> right. So we, we drank a lot or I drank a lot. And, um, you know, I was, um, just to toot my own horn. I was in the beer Olympics at school and I was our, I was our, uh, you know, I, I was the, um, the go-to guy in my fraternity, should we say, 
Um, I won a chugging contest in Daytona Beach one year. <laughs> so I mean, it's yeah. Yeah. So I used to so I used to brag that I was the I was the best chugger in the world at right. that point. It was a, during spring break. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing because I think back a lot of times, you know, because people are like, because there was times when I drank and it was good and it was fun, you know, right. and, and I don't want people to ever think that it wasn't because, you know, they're like, oh, you must have been so miserable. And I wasn't always miserable. It was just when the drinking took me over, you know, when it physically took me right. over, that's when the misery became. No, I agree. I had yeah. a lot of fun drinking and partying, Yeah, but it got to the point where it was um, just dragging on me all the time. It was, um, you know, one thing is, is I never had a steady girlfriend. Okay. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Never had a steady girlfriend. Um, you know, the only friends I had were the ones I drank with, you know, and if I wasn't at the bar drinking with it, they didn't want anything to do with you, right. really. Right. So, and it wasn't like, again, it wasn't times where we were hooked up 24 hours a day, you know, right. It, was, right. it was harder to get a hold of people. Yeah. So, but, um, so then, but that was always underlying yeah, all my drinking is, right. is that I wanted to be part of something. Mm, right. Yes. And, um, so I had to drink more to be part of something. And then um, when I graduated from college, I went to work in, in a car dealership as a salesman. Okay. okay? And, um, you know, and then I got involved with, uh, to be part of a thing, I got involved with guys that did coke. And then I started doing cocaine. And of course, with an addictive personality, that wasn't good. Right, right. <laughs> so I did more and more and more of that. And that's, you know, it, 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 and it was funny because, um, you know, I was still, I was still successful in mm -hmm. what I did. Right. I was still able to sell cars and I would still been at that dealership until my manager took my demo out for a ride and hit the brakes and the beer can rolled oh, out from under geez. my seat. That was kind of the end of that one. Yeah. So, um, but I moved on and um, eventually I made it up to where I was a uh, sales manager and general sales manager of a car dealership. Okay. So, I mean, I've always had inside me driven to do better. Right. Okay. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I just think that, that was just a persona that I had that hop, hid, um, uh, hid who I really was mm -hmm. uh, because, um, and just jump forward. Like I was telling you, I, I in the last five years, I started to see a, a therapist mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the first time I went into her office, I, here I am in a suit, tie, you know, and uh, it was winter time, so I had this uh, cashmere overcoat on, okay. and I come charging into her office like I, you know, I own the place, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, it was through talking to her that really that the humility struck, and I, I mean, it knocked me down a few pegs. Yeah, so, yeah, that humbleness will do it quick. Oh it? yeah, yeah, it's a, it's. <laughs> You know, I always say that um, we're lucky, you know, because one of the greatest gifts that we have is our ability to reflect mm -hmm. and see where and see where things happened 
But if those things wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have gotten where you are. So you got to go through, you got there, you got to go through a lot of pain and, and growth to get mm-hmm. to where you where you are. Yeah, oh for sure. And that's that's huge. And and to know that. And you know, a lot of people unfortunately go through that pain and they unfortunately don't learn from it and they continue to live in that. And my friend and I were just talking about this the other day. Like, you know how the a spinning top, you know, it starts spinning, right? Mm-hmm. Or a whirlpool and it starts spinning and spinning. Well, when we go through, when I, I've gone through a lot too, and I was able to like get out of that exact spin, right? And then learn from it. And sometimes I go into another spin, but some people just continuously stay in that right. spin, unfortunately. And that's what I like to um, express to people. Like you go through the things to learn through the things, you right. know, and, and hopefully you can learn and, and grow through it. And then as you go through life, then you learn a little more and keep growing through it. So you said you the first time you got sober was 1988. Is that what you said? Right, right. So what what was your bottom at that point? Well, here I was a general sales manager for a Jeep Eagle dealership, right? Okay. And um, I had just gotten off like a three day bender, right? And I'm sitting in sitting at my desk, and um, the dealer, the owner of the dealership, calls me into his office with another guy. And um, I mean, we're all friends, so there wasn't a big deal. Well, I didn't think at the time, but um, he goes, listen, here's the deal. You got two choices. You're either going to go to rehab. And at that time, it was the tennis center. Okay. okay, And uh, at St. V's, or I'm going to fire you right now. Mm. Well, I didn't want to get fired. Right. You know, so I said, I guess I'm going to the tennis center. Now. I was ready at that point. I was ready. I was done. I mean, it was, it was almost a 24 hour thing with me, right. you know, because yeah. you know, it, it's, it, you do coke just before you're ready to go to bed. So that's the wrong thing to do. And then you're sitting laying in bed thinking, okay, if I go to sleep right now, I still got four hours. I'm going to get right. some sleep. Right. And then it's well, three hours, two hours. And pretty soon you didn't get any sleep. Right. Right. So, um, so I remember they took me to um, they took me to the Tennyson Center right off the showroom floor, right, okay. and uh, with nothing. I didn't have a change of clothes. I didn't have uh, you know any kind of toiletries. I didn't have anything, right. So the first thing I had to do was I actually had to call my parents mm-hmm. then to tell them that hey, I'm in rehab. And I need you to stop by my apartment and get me some things. Right. Now, at this point, did your parents realize that you had a problem? No. No. Okay. No. Because a good friend of mine, they went at the dealership. They actually went and saw him and said that, did you know this was going on? Because we didn't know it was going on. Right. Right. So, and I, and I, I, I think about that. And they had to know. Mm-hmm. They just kind of, just like parents do. They're not my kid. Right, so. right, right. I was just, it's so funny because this conversation is so good because um, I, the same friend that I was talking with the spinning top, we were talking about that, like how when I quit drinking, my mom was like, well, you're not really an alcoholic. I'm like, mom, I weigh 85 pounds. My eyes are yellow. I'm about to die. But it's like the parents that fail, right? right. Like they don't want, they really don't want to see it, whether it's your kid, your spouse or whatever, you just don't want to see it. So you keep that fail there. Like you said, not my kid. Not my husband, not my wife, you know, so, 
So yeah, so and I was very functioning too. So apparently you must have been pretty functioning. Oh, very. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was running a car dealership. Right, right. And I was running bars and okay. golf and, courses. Uh, and but I was also doing a gram of coconut. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I wasn't doing that, but I was well, drinking. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, my uh, my dealer would drive through the parking lot and, and you know, put it in my hand and then just keep going. Oh, you know, it was so, um, you know, and then I was every night after work, we had to go get drunk and if, if i wasn't out with this guy this night then i was out with him the next night and it's like i never had a day off from drinking right right so anyway they took me and um this is a, this is something i remember to this day i woke up the next morning right and i was sharing a room with another guy and he was uh uh like an eric the red kind of guy he had long beard and, and long red hair and but anyway his, his he woke up and in the next bed and his hair was going one direction and his beard was going to the other direction. And I'm thinking, where, what am I getting myself into right, at this point? Right. right. So, um, uh, because you had to go to detox before you go to tennis right. center. Right. Right. So I had to spend a couple of days in detox and it was like, Oh, this is brutal. Mm -hmm. This can't be me. You right. know, is what I'm thinking. It's can't be me. Um, they took me down to get me um, to go through all your uh, medical insurance mm -hmm. and money and stuff like that. And I had a Rolex watch on. I had a hundred bucks in my pocket. I mean, it wasn't like the normal person that. That you would think. Right. 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 I was not. So anyway, um, so then they took me to uh, uh, the Tennyson Center and I did uh, 21 days in rehab. Then. Okay. So, and then I had to do like uh, eight weeks in aftercare mm -hmm. after that. So, but um, you kept your job then? I kept my job. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, it, it was, it was an eye opening experience. But I had, um, but I had a bunch of, before I went in, um, we had the ability through Chrysler to earn these uh, bonuses, okay. right? And then every once in a while, Chrysler would cut you, cut you a check, right? Okay. Well, I had a bunch of them built up. I hadn't got the check. And then by the time I got back, I had lost all that. Oh, so, yeah. You know, I had a, I had a condo at the time um, on a golf course. And I lost that. Uh, I had to sell it, you know, and I, uh, and I just was able to sell it to get out from under it, you know, and, um, uh, you know, those are the kind of, I still lost stuff. Right, it was, right, right. Yeah. And so when you just said that too, though, about like, you know, you had the Rolex watch and the money in your wallet. And, and unfortunately, it's so stereotypical with, let's say, of people that are addicts, alcoholics, all of that, that people think that they're the ones that are on the street corners or with the brown bag, you know, drinking right. out of it. And that's not, I was just talking about this right before Overdose Awareness Day. People don't realize how many people are out there that are functioning addicts. There are so many people out there that are, whether it's heroin, whether it's cocaine, whether it's alcohol, that actually get through their days and nobody knows, right? right? I actually just had a friend of mine, her husband passed away from, um, and she had no idea he was a heroin user, Ooh. but he maintained it. That right. was it. It was a maintenance for him, you know? So it's hard when we're like that because unfortunately so many people look at it in that judgment way, you know? And then when you, when I quit, like you said, well, no, you're not the typical, you're not, you work, you're right. not, beating people you're right. not fighting all the time you know you come home so it's just i just think that that's a big awareness that needs to be you know right because when i was in rehab they uh, 
after a little while, they start taking you to meetings mm-hmm. all over town. And um, they were taken to me to these meetings that were like inner city meetings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's like, I really felt out of place. Mm-hmm. And then they took us to one, it was it's called New Hope. It's in uh, uh, Hope Loop Church in, in Ottawa Hills. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, it was like people like me, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like for the first time I said, I get it now, you know, mm-hmm. I can still be me and I can get the help that I need. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. When you say that, like people like me, you know, that's when, when I, I'm like people like me, uh, really all people are like me, you know what I mean? We're right. all, we're all, but it's just that whole scenario of where you live, what's going on, you know, all of that. And then statistics say, but when you walk into a room in Ottawa Hills or Savania or something like that, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same people. It's just a different type of. Yeah, the stories are the same. The stories are the same. Exactly. The stories exactly. are the exact same. Exactly. You know, it's, it's really weird. And you go to these meetings and you sit there and you go, by the grace of God, mm-hmm. there go I, you know, when they're, you know, especially when they're new and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're on the pink cloud. And yeah. They think everything is great. And yeah. They haven't had to crash yet. So. Well, and that's it right there. Right. right. So I always talk about this and maybe i don't know so then you ended up using again is that no no no, no. no. actually i was um i was i i've never gone back oh, to okay. a cocaine okay. never ever since 88 okay. i haven't touched any hard drugs or anything like okay. that um and for the longest time i didn't drink either mm-hmm. and um but as i got older it, you get the you start to think oh i could maybe i can yeah i can maybe. have a couple of drinks now and then um, so I kind of was starting to let it back in. Mm-hmm. And then when, like I said, when I got my divorce, it was just, I mean, I just jumped right back in the bottle. I mean, and it was, and it was quick. There was no, we built up to it. I mean, it was just sober one day and mm-hmm. drunk the next day. So, um, uh, but like I said, the difference is, is that I knew where to go get help. Right. So I, you know, and it's like, oh, I can't be drinking like this. And I, I mean, it wasn't even that long. It was only a couple of months, I think, mm-hmm. or something like that. And it was like, no, nah, I got to find a meeting. Mm-hmm. That's so. good that you knew those rooms. I say that um, my son's dad, for he was a alcoholic crack addict. And for years, I went into the rooms with him, either sitting in an AA meeting or sitting in an Al-Anon meeting. So when I got sober, I, the same thing, I knew where to go. Like, I was like, Okay, I know I need to go to an AA meeting. This is where right. I need to go. So I'm always like, one thing I, well, a few things. I'm thankful for my boys, and I can be thankful for AA from him. That's what, that's the only credit I'm giving him. But um, yeah. So and then um, when you said about, so I I talk about this a lot, and I, and this is just my opinion, and I tell people this. Um, I have friends that are recovering heroin addicts, um, recovering cocaine addicts, and they're like, well, I still drink. Now I watch them drink and I'm like, dude, you, not my place to say, but you're an alcoholic straight up. And they're like, but that wasn't my drug of choice. So I always say, well, cocaine wasn't my drug of choice. That doesn't mean I can go out and start doing cocaine because I'm going to end up back there. And I've in my head too, you know, people have said to me, like, you've been sober 18 years. Do you think you could have a glass of wine? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm so happy with life. I don't even think about it, but I'm like, I don't know, but I don't ever want to go back there again. Right. And I watched my uncle the same as you, like he was sober, I think 15 years and he started drinking and it wasn't like, like gradually, like it was like, 
the day he quit drinking and the day he started again was the same as he was the day that he quit. Like, bleh, right. like complete, like it's almost like your body just goes, okay, it's, we're back. Yeah. You know, well, it had been probably 20 years mm-hmm. that I was sober yeah. when I, when I really went back out. So, and now it's been, I'm probably knocking on the door of 15 again. Now. Okay. So, right. um, but like you were saying, I really don't even think about drinking anymore. Right. So, um, I have, um, cause I still like to have a cold beer now and then. Okay. So I had always had a few O'Doul's yeah. in my refrigerator. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, the last six pack that I bought and it might be, I don't know, four or five years old and yeah. it's still in my yeah. refrigerator. Yeah. So, and I just don't think about it. Right. When I get something to drink, I mean, it's right there and I don't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now when I was, when I was working and I don't, I don't want it to make it sound bad, but I don't consider the the casino working. Okay. You know, that's yeah. kind of my, my retirement yeah. job, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. I'm going to probably do some about that too here in a little bit. But anyway, um, I was a financial advisor, oh, 28 okay. years, financial okay. advisor. Own, um, I own my own franchise. Okay. okay. And, um, but we had a, uh, an office, a bunch of us got together and had an office together. So we had like a, uh, kind of like, uh, partners, but not really partners. Okay. But, uh, anyway, when we would go out to dinner, you know, we'd always have uh, fun companies taking us out to dinner and stuff like that, because, you know, we, we managed a lot of money and right. they wanted our money. So, right. but, uh, I'd have a, I'd have like, uh, some kind of a non-alcoholic beer then. Right. But other than that, yeah, I, yeah. I don't really, I don't have a desire for it. Yeah. Do you ever do? So I always tell people like when they're, especially new in sobriety, I'm always like, remember the reason why you quit. Remember the re- never forget why you quit and never forget how sick you were that right. day that you quit. Cause I think that's very important. Cause a lot of people, even like going through detox, I've seen people go through detox with, with opiates and stuff. And I'm like, man, I mean, it's bad. And I've seen the detox of alcohol is the same, like bad. And I'm like, don't ever forget. I'll go see him in the hospital. Like, don't forget how you feel yeah. today. Don't yeah. let that pass you by. Well, that's it. I can, uh, these are vivid. These are still vivid memories today. Right. Being taken off the showroom floor. Okay. Um, uh, and it, calling my mom and dad and then the waking up with the guy that I would normally not have anything to do with. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah, I remember that. Stuff. Yeah. And then through, because of the cocaine, you know, and mm-hmm. you didn't sleep a lot. And I, for the next 21 days, I, they, I slept all the time. Right. right. So I pretty much slept through my rehab. rehab yeah. Um, so now, now here we are. And like you said, you started some counseling five years ago. I think another thing that people don't realize, cause they'll be like, they'll say to me, oh, you've been sober 18 years. You're so strong. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I didn't get here like this. Yeah. Like it's taken work. And that's what I like to let people know. Like life still happens. Right. I say, we don't, Jeff doesn't walk outside until he walks outside and there's this big bubble around us that says, <laughs> you know what? Everything's going to be perfect in your world. Nothing's going to ever go wrong. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Cause that's what I feel like people think. And it's like, no, but now that like you've been through your counseling and I do things like that too, it's um, having those tools, right. And knowing where to go and what's like you said, you need right. to go back to AA. Right. Yeah. And I said, and um, this last time I went through, um, 
I uh, took it a lot more serious the second time than I did the first time. So um, I remember, um, you know, uh, sitting down with my sponsor, you know, and going through all the things that you did and all, uh, you know, all the people that you have to uh, tell that you're sorry and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I heard, uh, that's when that humility thing started to uh, creep in on me. Right. Right. You know, thinking that, you know, I'm not the great guy that I think I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's when you got to get in that mirror and yeah. be like, oh, okay, who are you really? Right. Right. You know, and that's the thing. And and I know you've mentioned something earlier when we were talking about the low self-esteem. And, right. and I think any alcoholic addict I've ever spoken to has said that was what started it all. It was just like this low self-esteem. You drank, you felt a little better, you felt more confident, you could fit in better, and everything just went like that. And that's and you were always hiding right. you, right? right? And now you're finding out who you are. And I'm sure through that process over the last five years, it hasn't been easy every day. No, no. It, but um, yeah, I still fight the self-esteem issues, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and um, yeah, it's 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 tough. Mm-hmm. I mean. It, it it actually, when I went to the floor for the first time, you know, with a with my shadow, uh-huh. it was. I was talking think, about the casino. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. But I didn't think I was going to make it. Really? I really didn't. I had I was shaking. I oh. couldn't. Uh, you know, I had trouble concentrating. Um, you know, and but a lot of it had to do with you know the res- that shadow was in my ear all the time telling me you know, telling me that I was wrong before I even had a chance to, to figure it out on my own. Right, right. You know, oh, you forgot to pick up that chip. You yeah. forgot to pick up yeah. this chip. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so anyway, yeah. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of people there that really helped me through good, it. And, uh, and that's good too. Yeah. And that's, that's what, I mean, I hope as being working there myself and being a dealer before too, that, that people do do that. But, um, so do you still go see the counselor? Um, I kind of, kind of, because um, uh, she um, she also had a Bible study okay. that she did, uh-huh. and on uh, Saturday mornings, mm-hmm. and I was part of that for okay. a long time. So I was still seeing her, but it was through the Bible study right. kind right. of thing. Right. And then I started working nights, and I just can't get the Bowling yeah. Green that early in the yeah. morning on Saturday morning. Yeah. I know so. that's tough. That's that's a tough thing, especially in the casino industry. I talk about that. I just went to church Sunday, and they're like, "We haven't seen you since yeah. Easter." I'm like, "I know, trust me." Yeah. But um, so I guess you know one thing I want to talk about, and like you mentioned that you started seeing a counselor. So I told you, like, I'm a big advocate for counseling. I think counseling. I think everybody in the entire world needs counseling. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that for all the so many years, the stigma on men especially was don't talk about it. No. Don't talk about your problems. You're you're a man, you figure it out, step up to the plate, right. you know, We're all that. dirt on it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and so I just I like that you came out and you said that, you know, that that you you humbled yourself and you knew right. that you needed to do that. And I think it's just important for guys to know that it's okay. Right. It's, I have a lot of guys that call me and we, he, they'll tell me they're, I'm like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. then. But you know what I mean? But it's, it's good because I'm like, thank you. Because I keeping all that bottled inside, even as a girl, I mean, of course we have so many different chemical things going on, but it's hard for me. So I can't even imagine being a man and keep and knowing right. like, well, if I say this and society is going to look at me and especially right. with low self-esteem issues and stuff, right. right? 
Right. And what it did was it allowed me to find a safe place mm -hmm. that I could talk about this stuff without being judged. Yes. All right. Yes. And because, um, uh, you know, in AA, the, you're, they always talk about you're only as sick as your secrets, right? Yeah. yeah. And there were secrets that I was going to take to my grave, mm -hmm. right? And nobody would ever, ever mm -hmm. know what they are. Mm -hmm. Going to therapy allowed me to get some of that stuff out yes. and know that, one, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of other people that are just, you know, she wasn't surprised. Right. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm going to tell her this stuff and she going, she's going to say, oh, God, I can't believe, you know, right. going. She just took it in stride. Right, right. Like, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the first one that's told me basically the same story, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think I think that's probably one of the great one of the best things about it is knowing that you're not alone. Mm, that's huge. And that's why I do this to yeah. let people know that they're not alone in their struggles. And I, I just got to do a Bible study actually. It was Stephen Furtrick, and it's called Chatterbox. It's a book he wrote. And it's it's like that. Like we get that chatterbox in our brain, you mm -hmm. know. And he said this on this one video, and I, I thought about it. He was like, I don't know, something about he didn't take the garbage out or something. And then it ended up his wife took the garbage out and then she had an open box and all this foam went all over the place. And now since he didn't do it, now this is where his mind went. Now I'm going to get divorced. I'm going to end up on the streets. I'm going to be an alcoholic. I'm going to be a heroin addict. I'm going to be standing on a corner. That's where his chatterbox went. Right. And right. so that happens. So I know what happens with me like that in your head, you know, and like you said, self-esteem things, right. right? Little one little thing can trigger you to be like, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy. I might, I can't do this. I'm not good enough to do this. Right. right. They're all looking at me. What am I going to do? Right. So, but I think that that has to do with once we finally start getting well, but learning how to, David Goggins says, I don't know if you listen to him or not, but he's a motivational speaker, but he always says either you let your mind control you or you control your mind. And this, I mean, it's, sure, right. it's easy to say it. It is. <laughs> it's easy to say it. But I, last night, I had some chatterbox going on in my head. And I honestly, and I don't cuss very often, and I'm not going to say the word here, but I was like, shut the F up. I had to tell my brain, stop, stop it. Right. Because I was taking myself down this low self-esteem place where I've, I don't go there very often anymore because I've, I've really worked on that and worked on my worth. But Man, that little voice can get in there and just start going. And yeah, no, it you know, and the, the, the things aren't all the roses. Right. You know, I'm I fight the uh, the depression and uh, self esteem stuff every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, um, especially when it comes to women, I have a horrible problem with women. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem talking to them, but if I wanted to ask them to dinner or a cup of coffee, yeah. can't do it. I can't and, do it. And do you think that's because of you're afraid of the answer? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And because before I ask the question, I already know what the answer is right, going to be. Right. But you don't. Right. Now, most of the time, lately, it's most of the time I'm right. Oh. <laughs> because, well, and, and because in my mind, mm -hmm. I'm not 64 years old. Right. You know? Well, yeah. And um, oh, you're 64. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have guessed that. Thank well, you. you look good for 64. But I, I keep asking women that are a lot younger than mm -hmm. me because I don't I feel look, like I'm 64, I don't, right? You know, or I look in the mirror and I don't see a guy, right? Because you know, all the time when you were growing up, right? Uh, when you saw somebody in their 60s, yeah, they looked bad, right? Right, they're old, <laughs> yeah, old, right? old, old, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't look like no, I don't, don't think I look no, like you that. don't, so um. 
but yeah, it's like, it's just, um, yeah, it's just tough. It yeah. really is tough. Yeah. But I, you know, I, and then, um, you know, uh, asking for help. I have real problems. I still have asked, even when we're dealing, you know, it's easier for me to fix my mistake than ask one of you guys for help. Come over and help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, and it's, and it, and a lot of it also has to do with, um, you know, for so long I've taken care of myself mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, uh, it's hard. It is. And that's, especially uh, when you've been taking care of yourself for so long and probably other people too, you know, I like, and we let our ego get in our way so much. Right. right. And I've learned like over the last, really since my mom passed away in 2020, I've learned so much more about myself, but I've learned it's okay to ask for help. I've learned that it's okay to take a compliment. It's, it's really okay. That's a good you know, one. Because it really is. I'm not uh, good at taking compliments. Me either. I was horrible. Like someone would say something about, let's just say my hair now. So before I would be like, oh yeah, well today I did it, did it, did it. And I go through all this and now I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I see. I, you know, it's like, I'm looking for all the things wrong, wrong right. before I take the compliment. Right. It's, yeah. 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 It's like your hair looks good today. And you're like, yeah, but I didn't do this to it today. Right. And, and, they're I, like, and I think it looks like crap. Right. I think it looks like crap. Thank you for that. But instead now I'm learning to just say, thank you. Right. I've been blessed by my hair. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, but it's always that work in progress right. and, and learning to do those things. So I'm hoping that you can work on that. Well, I, I, I have been. Good. So I, it, you should know. I mean, I do ask for help you a do. lot he more does. than I used he to. Does. <laughs> and um, uh, so I do. I tried to, you know, a couple of things that um, I get, I've gotten to the point where, you know, um, and I hate to say this, but when I was younger, it was always, I'm looking for these elaborate stories that mm-hmm. I put together. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody asked me, and now it's, um, you know, it's, do you like this? No. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, it's not, I don't like it because of this, this, and this It's like, right. Right. You know, the, and, and that's kind of freeing because there's no more lies. Right. You know, cause it's like, what do I care at this point? What do I care? Right. One, right. I probably never see that person again. So, and then, yeah, it's just, those are those lessons that you learn the hard way. Right. I mean, right. Right. But, but learning lessons right. and learning how to live differently through those lessons. And I, and I, this is something that's a good point that I want to make just for everybody out there. So you're talking about like, I would walk in and I would see you dealing or whatever. And I would never in a million years think that anything bothered you like that. Right. Like asking us to come over anything. Right. I wouldn't see that. That's why I always say, you know, be kind, open the door for somebody, give somebody a smile, do this. Cause you never know what someone is going through and don't be mean to people. Like if you right. came over and asked me for help, I'm going to come over and help you. And maybe it's something that we need to talk about afterwards, but not like, cause I've seen, and, and I'm just going to use an example of the casino. I've seen people humiliate other people when they're on the game. And I'm like, you can't right. do that to somebody. Don't do that to them. Right. Right. When they get off the game, then talk to them about it. But that's where my big focus in everything in life is just be a good, kind person. Right. I think there's a golden rule that says no, that. No, <laughs> absolutely. And I totally agree with you. I hold the door open for people mm-hmm. wherever I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, go if it doesn't make any difference who you are. Right. I mean, uh, I hold the door open for people. I say hello to people, yes. um, uh, you know, and, and um you know, for a long time, that was hard. That was right. stepping out of my comfort zone. Now it's just something I do every right. day. Right. But it's, you just don't know that 
you could say hello to somebody and that was what they needed yes. at that point in time yes. to turn their day around. You'll never yes. know, right? but no. it could happen. Yes. Yes, for sure. So that's one of my big, my right. big Me too. things that I, I, I talk about all the time. Just, just be a kind person. Just right. be nice. If you, if it's something that you don't, it's something nice. Wait, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. right. So, and that's right. true. Now, if I'm helping somebody, I might, you know, that's a whole different thing, but I'm still nice about it. I'm still not, you know, I'm, I can tell people, you know, it's like when, especially talking like through our addiction and stuff like that, like I can't say yes, Jeff, I know how you feel, but I can say yes, Jeff, I can relate to some right. of the things you're talking about. Right. And I think that's, that's big too. I don't know why that just came to my head, but being relatable to people. Right. I, I use the word understand. I kind of understand where you're yeah, coming from. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I think that's probably of this, just sitting here today, that's probably the biggest lesson, you know, is um, being able to tell people that, you know, I've been where you are, mm-hmm. you know, and it does get better. Right. It, it doesn't get better overnight. Right. And there's going to be a whole lot of left turns before you get there. Yeah. And even after you get there, there's still going to be a lot of left yes. turns, Yes. but um, it's easier to live with the stuff and, and the left turns aren't as, you know, they're not as drastic as right. they used to kind of now we're just veer off. Right, right. They're not a complete like 90 degree right. turn. Now they're like, a I was even thinking of a U-turn. Right. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. So, but yeah, now they just kind of veer off. Yeah. So. And that's where it comes to the point of using your tools and learning, the, using yeah. the things that you've learned. Because like I said earlier, you know, people are, people are always like, oh, your life is amazing. My life is really good. I'm not going to lie. But right. I still, like I just said, I just had that chatterbox in my brain last night and I still go through struggles, but now I've used tools to get through right. those struggles. You know, I know that if I'm having a moment that I'm like, down on myself about something i'm going to turn on a youtube motivational video or right. something I'm i was going through it the other night myself i'm thinking you know i'm going you know especially in the in the casino i see these i see these uh like good looking women with these total i don't know and i don't know what they see in the guy but they see something in him yeah and i'm thinking you know she doesn't even have to be hot i just like to have somebody <laughs> you know in my life. But, um, you know, those are the things that I, that's what I talk, mm-hmm. it talks to me all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so. it's, it, and I agree in the casino and, and, and I have to say that that's kind of, um, cause I've been single a long time too, but, and sometimes you look out there and you're like, I don't understand. Yeah. Why am I still single? And that's happening right now. But honestly, that's not even, uh, I mean, that's not, it's no, it's just, it's, it's just, but it's, just, it's, but it's that chatterbox in right. your head, right? Because That's, then you're like, wait a minute, why am I not good enough for somebody like right. that? Or why? But, but then here's the thing. We're looking at a little picture, right? You're just looking at this. Yeah. You don't see what it's like at all. Exactly. Right. I just had this yesterday. We had a girl at the diner. I was helping out at the diner yesterday morning. She came in to pick up to go order. It was at the wrong diner. So she had to go over to the other one on Reynolds Road. Well, then she came back and her boyfriend's yelling on the phone and we're like, I'm sorry, it's already cooked over there, right? And then she was kind of snippety and stuff. And and I I had grace for her because I thought, man, I don't know what her boyfriend's like at home, what she's going to go through when she gets home because he ordered wrong. Right. But I could tell by the way that she was trying to defend and and get right. it, you know what I mean? Like, And so then I have to picture that a lot of times. Like, it's it's just like in our social media world, right? 
I don't know if you're on social media at all. Well, I am, yeah. But you look and everything's just You know, I saw your picture. And you, yeah, my dancing Jeep. and my Jeep and everything's rainbows and unicorns, right. which which I portray. I mean, I my life is pretty good, but I'm going to tell you the bad things too. I'm going to tell you what I've had to do to get to where right. I'm at. Like my worth, I struggled with my worth for years. And I honestly just started really feeling worthy in the last few years, but it's right. been work. You know, it's been work on myself every morning. I have to get up and have a conversation with myself in the right. mirror. Yeah. I mean, when I reflect back, I've been a successful guy. Yeah. I mean, I worked my way up, even though I was, uh, they took me off the floor as an addict. I worked my way up to being general sales manager of a car dealership. Right. All right. And then when I figured I had met my uh, future wife by then, and I figured, Oh, I got to, I got to do something else with my life, right. you know, and I'm a college graduate. Okay. Um, so uh, I went, I got the job of being a financial advisor and I did that for 28 years. And I was district manager here at the Toledo office for a number of years. And I mean, when I look back at it, I've been successful. Mm-hmm. I retired. I sold my practice to my, uh, my uh, partner. You know, I get a check every month from him. Right. And you know, I went to work for the casino because I didn't have anything else to right, do. Right, right, right. It was, I have all kinds of projects during the summer, but I got nothing to go do in this wintertime. So, you know, yeah. but I'm thinking, uh, you know, full time at this point in my life is probably more than I should have yeah. taken on. Yeah. So I'm thinking about changing to part time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got you to gotta do what's best for no, you, I, you know. And I've been running the numbers. And I think, right. I, I think because I... It's about the same. It is. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's about the same. It is. it is. It is. I've heard a lot of part-time dealers say that throughout the years that I worked there too. So, well, is there any like last things that you want to, you know, share with anybody or? Well, I, I, again, it's, we don't project it as, but it is a lot of hard work. Yes. I mean, there, and I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to say I, there's a lot of nights I cried myself to sleep. I yeah. mean, um, I mean, my depression was so bad that, um, you know, watching um, a sporting event, right, and watching the uh, uh, the Star Spangled Banner, you know, yeah. I would just break out in tears, yeah. but sit there by myself, and it's like I can't stop, yeah. you know. So, um, and, and that stuff isn't as bad as it used to be, right. but uh, I think that's one of the things is that I can talk about it now mm-hmm. when yeah. I get a chance. So um, I was talking, I took my dog to my mom's so she could watch my dog while I work. I came yeah. And, you know, I said, I'm going to talk about my addiction. You know, it's something that I'm not afraid of. Right. You know, I talk to my kids about it. Right. You know, and um, so, and they know everything. Yeah. You know what? I never even asked you. How many kids do you have? I have two. Two. Um, I married a woman that already had the kids. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, I, I tell her and I raised them as my own children. Right. And my daughter still, you know, calls me dad. Right. The other guy is, well, she calls him the sperm builder. Well, um, so we call my, my son's dad. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm still dad. And, um, and when she's got a problem, I'm the guy that she yeah. calls yeah. and that kind of thing. And I, so I raised him as my own, but I get to tell everybody that I've never changed a diaper. Never, ever have I changed a diaper. So, um, and, and, and at this point in my life, it's kind of, I, I, I look back at that and think that I missed that part of my life. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I wouldn't change it for anything. Right. I mean, I had to go through that marriage, get those kids, mm-hmm. you know, to have the life that I 
right. have today. Yeah. And which is interesting because I've been divorced um, almost 15 years now. Okay. And I still have a relationship with those two, yeah. you know, so. Which is, which is big for them too. Yeah. You know, I, um, I have a bonus daughter and a bonus son that um, Nicholas was 18 months old and Heather was three and a half when, when um, their dad and I got together and um, st- I actually ordained her wedding. I oh, married okay. her in December. Unfortunately, Nicholas, the, um, my bonus son, he was killed in car accident in 2012. Oh, so, but I'm still like, she's still like, never has there been a part of her life that she didn't know that I was in. So right. that's important. But anyways, I cut you off on your mom taking the dog that you were sharing your dog. Oh, it's story. just that I was so, I told her, she goes, well, what are you going to do? I says, well, I'm going to that podcast interview. And she goes, what is that all about? And I said, well, I'm just going to talk about my, you know, how I got to where I am, yes. you know, and all the, you know, all the good stuff and all the ugly stuff uh-huh. that went with it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we appreciate you sharing that oh, because like I said, there's so many people that, and like you said, when you went to your counselor, they don't look at you like, what? You did what? Right. Man, there's so much of us out there that we all have the same stories, basically. Right. But they're just in a different context. Right. And I know? tell people, you know, today it's like, dude, you can tell me things and it's, I'm probably already been there. Right. Because I have, I, uh, one of the things I learned by working with people, right. Is I never ask anybody to do something that I won't do mm-hmm. or I haven't mm-hmm. done in the past. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to understand that. Yeah. And um, so when I when people tell me, well, this is what I did, it's like, yeah, okay. Okay. I've right. been there. Right. Been there. right. I, you know, and, and I had it worse than that. Right. So right. well, yeah. some people, you know, and then there, there's people that had it worse than you did. Right. And everything right. else. But it's it makes you relatable. It does. It does. And that's, you know, I was just telling somebody yesterday, we were like talking about your problems, you know, they say you throw your problems in a pile, everybody, you're gonna go grab your own back, because (laughs) there are a lot of people that have a lot of worse things going on in life. But I appreciate you sharing because it just shows people that it's okay to be transparent. It's okay to share your story. And you you are going to struggle, but it's okay to get to a strength and learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. That's okay. I I like hugs. (laughs) And everybody, I just want to thank you so much for jumping on hope today. Once again, you know, if you're at home and you're struggling and you feel like you're all alone, we have Jeff's story. We have Jamie's story. I have um, AJ's story. You know, there's just so many stories out there that people have gone through some extreme struggles, but have gotten to a strength and are still getting up and getting out of bed every day. So I hope you all have a very blessed day. And we are out of here.